0: Backend database applications rely on a good storage system for durability latency performance and much more uh, ssd have been a great invention in the in the effectively the storage medium space uh compared to the old mechanical you know drive with moving parts ssd improved the performance 10 and if not even 100 times folds however ssds as it stands today still have a lot of limitations and just just because with any other technology anything that comes as new comes with its own sets of problems that are unique to it unfortunately some of these problems have been solved some of them are still lingering and we are using ssds but it's not optimized to its full potential that were intended it to be in fact we we created even if you you can argue more more problems that that didn't even exist in old hard drives so in this episode of the back engineering show I'd like to explain the basic uh, building blocks of an SSD how it actually works and then uh, illustrate these problems and finally I'll talk about some of the solutions that being proposed to solve this. How about we jump into it and discuss? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Welcome to the Back Engineering Show with your host Jose Nasser. And the first concept that we need to discuss, in when it comes to SSDs, is the idea of a block. Uh, you see, SSDs are considered a block device, which means that to write or to read from this medium, uh, you can only read in a block worth of size. You cannot read a single byte. And the block varies. I guess this uh, current sizes are four k bytes you know 4k for 4, 4 kilobytes so if you write a single byte you're writing 4k and if you're reading a single byte you're writing you're reading 4k effectively if you're reading 4, 4k plus one whatever the actual bit conversion there you're reading actually two blocks not one so that's the basic concept here so if i take an example here and uh, I'm I'm writing a SQL to insert a single row in the orders table, for example, right? And the orders table have a lot of fields, you know, maintain a lot of fields and uh, since I need these fields to be searchable, I create some on indexes on these fields, right? So if I insert a single order in that table, I'm actually updating not only that table, but all the indexes or indices if you're familiar with the UK uh, to have the final, the final, you know, state of the table, you know, so let's say you have this table and you you have 20 indexes on 20 different fields. Maybe you have composite indexes. You have to update the actual table data by inserting that row. And then you have to go to all the indexes and update those indexes within your entry that you just made. This translates to a, of rights right so it can be the data file can live in its own file that belongs to the file system and the indexes can live in its own you know each index can live in its own file and as a result you are flooded with a bunch of rights and these rights to the file system translate to blocks so you're now writing a bunch of blocks all sending it to the medium to the ssd now we have a problem right because how do I know if I'm going to update a certain block in the SSD how do I know the address of that block you might say yeah the SSD comes with a specific sets of addresses and you can reference those in the implication that's a bad idea because guess what if I want to update a block one in the SSD or block 10 uh, I cannot guarantee that block 10 will remain the content of block 10 will remain in block 10 in the ssd SSD, ssd moves stuff around all the time there is a process that we're going to talk about called garbage collection where leveling you know, over provisioning all that stuff it moves that data so if you kept a reference of this physical block address in your application you're screwed so that's why we need to talk about the second concept which is the logical block addressing so now the ssd exposed the concept called lbas or the logical block addresses, you can store this in your application in your file system and you can make a reference of these blocks that you want to update or write to right and in the back end in the ssd itself i am going to create a mapping between the logical block to the physical block in the ssd yeah, basic stuff you know now <laughs> that means if i actually changed the location of a block you know I just need to update this mapping. So block logical block one points to logical block 10 and I change 10 to 20. It doesn't matter. I just change the mapping from 10 to 20. The application still sees logical block. The original one doesn't really change. So that's, that's what the SSDs do today. Now here's a problem mapping. What does that mean in order to build a mapping? You need to store it somewhere, right? Where do you store this? Right? So the SSD, so this is effectively the translation of the mapping between the logical block to the physical block. And this is called the flash translation layer. The flash translation layer is a very critical piece in any SSD controller. It translates between the logical blocks that expose to the host to the logic to the physical blocks that are actually in the SSD. The problem with the flash translation layer is well your programmer you wrote some code before right in order to build a mapping you really need to store it somewhere well the ssd is responsible for this it's not a problem of the host right so the ssd needs to come up with a storage mechanism to store this mapping and you need it to be fast because you're gonna read this all the time this mapping right so now the ssd comes up with a concept called a dynamic ram so now it is shipped with something that you really didn't ask for so ssd comes with a ram that you can never use you pay more money to ship this ram that you're never gonna touch but it is also required why because the ssd is doing this thing that you never asked it to this is called the flash translation layer but it has to right so all the cost gets added up why because the reason is just block translation that is happening so maybe someone one day will come and challenge that and says hey i'm okay don't touch my blocks please leave them as be. right maybe this is not feasible but leave them physically there and don't ship me any ram i don't i d- don't store any ram right obviously the idea of flash translation layer can uh, remain can can take less and less memory the more coarser the blocks are what does that mean it means if you do the addressing at a smaller block size then naturally if you have a large ssd you're going to need a lot of entries right because small means a lot right you're going to need a lot of blocks but if you have coarser block larger blocks you're going to need less and less mapping right at some point people wanted to uh, do the addressing at the page level. You know, a page is a smaller than a block. A block has a collection of pages, but nobody talks about pages in the storage community for some reason. I think they uh, try to avoid that, right? But uh, if you do the page addressing, then you're going to need a lot of entry, which translates to a lot of RAM, which translates to more money. All right, so that's that's basically the RAM, right? So understand that it exists. And the reason exists and that the cost associated with it. The next thing we're going to talk about is the erase unit. For the longest time, to write to an SSD, you need a block or a set of block that has been cleaned and erased and ready to be written. If you have a block that is already pre-written, right, you cannot just override it. That's the rule, right? And it makes sense when you understand bits, you know. It's like you cannot just take your bits and just slam it, right? You need to erase it and then write stuff to it. So you can do this. So, okay, let's, uh, uh, if I want to write, let's do this. I'm going to go to a block that's already bad or invalid. My write will do an erase and then a write to the same block. You can do that. But now writes are slow because you're doing two operations instead of one right so the ssds almost never do this what they do instead is they take your right they the set of blocks that you want to write and slam them to a place that are already good and then what they do is they mark these old blocks as invalid and then obviously they do any logical mapping from the logical to the physical addressing and update the flash translation layer so that that's what they do today right that's what's happening The problem is you're going to reach a stage where you need to erase. And here's how Eraser is done. Because erasing is expensive in the SSD, the SSD is doing it in larger units. It's it's more than one block. And this is usually called the Erase unit. Uh, Previously, they used to refer to the page you write in pages and you erase in blocks. But I don't see storage uh, the community storage talk about these in these units anymore i noticed that they are always referring to oh writing in a block and then erase in, in an erase unit they don't want to refer to uh they don't want to give names anymore and that and there's th- th- a good reason behind it because it gets confusing oh what is a page what is a block what is a sector right so i like that uh, the the usage of an erase unit, right? So that's that's the idea here. You you erase in a big unit, but you write in a single block or more if you want. And then the concept of uh, namespace. You know, in cloud providers, you know, you know, when when you sign up as a customer in a cloud provider, and uh, I also sign up as a cust- same cloud provider, and someone else signed up, our content might be put on the same SSD. But you might say, what? That's dangerous. Not really, because SSDs come with this concept that's called namespace, where a namespace is a collection of the SSD that is of the SSD blocks that is assigned to a client, and this client is the operating system in this case, right? And the operating system will only see this namespace; it will not see the rest of the drive, at all. So you cannot even claim that you're assigned this namespace or a collection of namespaces. I don't know if you can do that, but that's the namespace you're assigned to. So. This is effectively the idea of multi-tenancy. So multiple customers can live in the same resource, the SSDs, and they can do completely different things, but they are isolated within their namespace. So that's another important concept, right? For multi-tenancy. All right. Now that we explained the building block of SSD, let's summarize. You write in terms of blocks. You always use logical blocks. The logical blocks are mapped to physical blocks in the SSD. Why? Because the physical blocks always change. Right, and uh, the mapping is stored in the flash translation layer, which requires RAM. Right, you want this as to retrieve the mapping as much as possible. You can write in a block or multiple blocks, but you can only erase in a erase unit, which has a certain number of blocks. You cannot erase a single block. Right, you can, but the SSD won't let you. Right, for power reasons, because the erase takes little you apply a little bit more power to the cells behind the block, that erase and program cycles, you know, eventually consumes the cell and that cell eventually will die out. There is a certain finite number of program, which is writing and then erase, right? So do them in a larger set so they die together effectively instead of writing them and erasing multiple small units of blocks, right? So that's basically the concept. Finally, the namespace, where it's a collection of blocks assigned to a client so that uh, it only sees this sets of blocks. And that's called the namespace. Now that we understand that, let's talk about the first uh, problem you can call it. You can call it things that it has to happen, but it causes a side effect, garbage collection. What is that? When you write to an SSD, when you have file A and you file file B and you write to the SSD, the blocks that comes from file A and the blocks from file B are interleaved together, right? They, there is no order, right? You cannot guarantee that all the A's will write first and then the B's, right? The block. They will come together. So the result, a block from A will sit next to a block from B, will sit next to from B, uh, A, and then you you they will be next to each other. So the data is is mixed up there's no guarantee of the actual order in the ssd we talked about that right so what does that mean it means if if, as you update the files you're gonna the old blocks will will be invalid the new blocks will be remapped and then all of a sudden you want to insert a new file right so that file takes a certain amount of blocks and fills the gaps if you will and then finally you want to delete a file and then all of a sudden That delete of a file invalidated all these blocks. But guess what? At a certain point, your SSD is full. So what does that mean? So a new file comes in, file X, for example, and you want to write it to disk, there's no space. Why? There There is space available. It's just invalid data that needs to be collected and removed, right? So I can write. These are all data that nobody needs anymore, right? So I just need to write to it. But you can't. You have to erase to write. We talked about this, right? But guess what? We cannot erase a single block. We have to erase a single unit. An erase unit. And guess what? We do not have a clean erase unit. It's all. It has valid data in it. Wow. That sucks. What do I do now? I'm about... Consider yourself an application, a database, that you're inserting the SQL again. And you have this flood of blocks coming in and your client all the way in the web application is waiting but now the ssd says wait a minute i'm out of i'm out of space i don't have anything so now what the ssd says hold on let me erase an unit I don't have any unit to erase because there is data in every one. So one, one unit will have, oh, we'll have three blocks empty and then a lot of one that is invalid. And then the second one might have few empty and then the rest are valid data. So the, the SSD needs to erase a unit. All right, sounds like a problem that can be solved. Let's pick an erase unit, right? There's a valid data, what are we gonna do? We're gonna move the valid data somewhere else temporarily. Right, And then we're going to erase that unit, and then we're going to place the data that from the user in the erase unit. Sounds like a plan. question is, where do you move it? The SSD is full. Meet another thing nobody asked for. Over provisioning. So now there is an SSD area that you paid for that you cannot use. It's there and you cannot use. It's dedicated for the system so there are two pieces now the DRAM you are not using that the over provisioning you're not using them and both are expensive as shit so you're not you're paying for stuff that you're not using sucks huh so now (laughs) the over provisioning is the data was moved to the over provisioning so that's one right right so you your original right remember that original right comes in no space well let's pick an erase unit, move the invalid data to an overprovisioned area, right to that. So that's one right. The second right, erase the unit, erased, nice. The third right, move the valid data that you moved back to the erase unit. That's the third right. And then the fourth one is actually your data, boom, (laughs) right. And so your single, your single right resulted in 4 writes so now all of a sudden your bandwidth that the SSD manufacturer claimed to have you don't have that anymore you said "Okay, I can write 40 40 gigabits a second no you can't because in this case one write translates to 4 So that means what is exposed to you is actually a 10 gigabyte per second so now you, you, your bandwidth is killed because of this amplification. That's the second problem. Right amplification. What we discussed right now is called the right amplification. You do one thing, but the actual work that is happening is more. It's four times the rights that you actually did. Yike see. And plus, this is other provisioning that no you cannot use. Right? And here's something. There's another problem here. You see, when when we move that valid data that belongs to whatever file, that existing file, we moved to over provisioning. If someone issued a read to that poor slob file that they want to read that file while we're moving it to the over provisioning, so we can erase the unit. If someone move made a read, they will be blocked. They will be waiting for that moving to habit for that garbage collection to finish so not only writes are slowed down reads are slowed down as well read our blog and you're going to see this all the time in form of fluctuation in your applications like what does it, what does that mean I wrote this all of a sudden it's fast the second time exact operation it's slow what's going on right cosmic rays that's, by the way, most engineers' solution to all this problem is like, oh, it's a cosmic ray, some, some, something came from the sky and screwed a bit. I love that. One more note about over-provisioning is that some smart uh, South Korean researcher have found a way to inject a malware into the SSD so that it never get detected. Why? How? Uh, they use the over-provisioning. They stored the ransomware or the, the malware, the virus that can be detected easily into the last LBA in this in the SSD. And then they in, used the admin API and the SSD to increase the overprovisioning, effectively just shifting the overprovisioning so that their file becomes in the overprovisioning area. What happens when you do that? The operating system can't read it because overprovisioning is considered a system area and the OS cannot read it. If the OS cannot read it, any application on top of the OS can read it. That includes antiviruses. What a genius way to hide viruses, you know? So you can hide it. And when the time comes in, it can, it can almost like hibernate, you know? And then when the times come come back, you can activate that virus by shrinking the overprovisioning and then running that virus. What a genius way. I'm, I'm going to reference that article and the video I made about that. So we talked about all this stuff now, garbage collection and uh, over-provisioning. We talked about dry amplification. Now, the final thing I'm going to discuss is something called the wear leveling. And no, this is not the question of where are you as a location-wise. Nobody's asking about location. No, this is not uh, the act of wearing a piece of clothing. And no, this is not the past tense of is where is a word that i recently learned and it means to exhaust or tire you can, you you say uh, uh you you want to wear your kids out during the day so they sleep better at night right? So that's wearing. Obviously, if you speak English, you understand. Uh, English is not my first language. So that's a new word for me. So wear leveling is the idea of wearing all those blocks so they exhaust at the same time. You see, we talked about this program LA cycle, right? You can only program and erase certain number of times, right? Before this cells behind this block dies out so you don't want to have blocks that are very active writing all the time and then blocks that are cold and nobody touch those data anymore why because this cells will die out while this cells will remain and you as a result you you will lose you lose storage and your data will be corrupted as a result right and that's performance this will translate to a lot of degradation of the ssd so where leveling is the algorithm that says okay uh, nobody touched this data for a long time let's just move it on let's just take this data and move it around so we can use the cells behind it for harder data effectively so that's the idea of where leveling all these problems are exist today there are solutions to that Uh, maybe we're gonna uh, talk about in another video we don't have I don't want to make this video too long, but there is one proposal called the zoned namespaces, where you expose the knowledge of the actual SSD to the host, telling the host that hey, this is an actual erase unit. So, what you do is expose the idea of an erase unit to the host so that if it writes a file, it specifies, hey, I want to write to this erase unit, also called a zone. So when you when your file goes to that zone and someone else's file goes to another zone and that file is deleted, you're fine. You are isolated. And the idea of segregation and isolation is actually good in this case. So erasing a zone and writing to a zone, you're now your data is is cleanly separated. And this separation is good for write amplification. The problem with this that I have doubts with this is go and teach the operating system and all this general purpose stuff to to have knowledge about the zones I feel this is going to be uh, every time we expose uh, you know, knowledge about the underlying system to the client, the client or the application, the backend application in this case, becomes really complex we've seen this with sharding sharding is really complex because the client needs to understand oh my this table is in this database, and in this instance, on this IP address. Oh, this table is in this instance, in this, and this... Is, and this is becomes really challenging to maintain, right? And, and transactions and all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, that's another topic for another day. I'm going to read, continue reading about, about this more. I'm referencing a lot of resources down in the description if you want to le- learn more about this. Thank you so much for watching. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome.